wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for October 25th, 2018. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Third time's the charm here. I've already had to record the show twice because, one, I messed up my intro. The first time, I actually took a pot shot at Roman Reigns, which was obviously ill-timed considering the events of Monday. We'll talk all about that in the big dog and what he's going through right now, and our thoughts and prayers are with the now former Universal Champion. All that and much more on today's Wrestle Rant Radio. Speaking of the show... You can check out the show every single Thursday, not only on nextairwrestling.net, but on iTunes as well. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. You get every new episode on Thursdays and all the archived episodes dating back to October of 2013. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. It's now easier than ever to check out WrestleRant Radio on the regular, on the weekly basis. Uh, a lot of amazing hosts, a lot of amazing interviews, a lot of glorious guests have helped make WrestleRant Radio what it is today, including the one and only Alexis DiGiacomo. Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for the second time since August. Yeah, How are you doing the today? the second time. I'm phenomenal. Phenomenal? Okay. Yes. I'll go with glorious. I called you a glorious guest, so... Okay. So at the sake of repeating myself, I'll just go with glorious. Okay, I, I usually say glorious, but I'll say that phenomenal today. okay stick with phenomenal but yeah. yeah like i said third time's the charm here we already recorded the intro the first two minutes of the show and it did not exactly go smoothly at least in my eyes i'm a very uh i'm quite the perfectionist this i'm gonna I, we'll, we'll stick with the third time because sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm recording the show by myself i'll have to record the intro like no joke like 10 12 13 times uh, at least the intro and once we get going it's all smooth sailing from there um, but yeah, plenty to talk about here on today's show. I thought it'd be as good of a time as any to welcome you back to WrestleRant Radio. In the wake of Saturday's live event, WWE House Show in Hartford, Connecticut, featuring the stars of Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. We're talking all about that. Raw for Monday, a very newsworthy show that we watched together on Monday night. SmackDown on Tuesday, the build to evolution this upcoming Sunday, the first ever all-women's pay-per-view in WWE history. And a few other news and notes along the way, including your thoughts on Glow Season 1 and Season 2. Yay! My very own grandmother was here on the show about a year ago to talk all about uh, Glow Season 1 with me, so you'll help me break down Glow Season 2. I have not seen the show in several months. I watched it when it first came out back in June or July a few months ago, so mm-hmm. better late than never, though. Uh, the well, show that's is interesting. Great. That's interesting, because I watched it like just now, so like pretty much very recently. Very recently, very recently. Two you- different perspectives on it very different perspectives so we'll talk all about it momentarily Uh, i think it's also fitting too because it's an all-women show obviously we have the all-women's pay-per-view coming up and i'm not sure when you'll be on the show next so it'll work out timing wise to talk all about glow as well as something not exactly wrestling related but i did mention at the end of last week's episode halloween which we saw together last thursday which was uh i'll you know i'll say my two cents on that for the end of the episode but 
With Halloween coming up, obviously, next mm-hmm. Wednesday, the next episode of WrestleRant Radio falls on November 1st. So by that point, it'll be null and void. My thoughts on Halloween won't even matter by that point. So we got to talk about it now. we got to talk all about Halloween at the end of the episode. I think we should also tell them at the end of the episode what our costumes are going to be. Yes. We'll keep that in suspense. The listeners, for the end of the episode, I like that a lot. So yeah, I really do appreciate that. You actually came up with the idea for these uh, the costumes that we're going to be going as. I did. I won't even say like what it's pertaining to, but uh-huh. okay, it's wrestling highlight. Let's not. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. We won't tell you who exactly it is until the end of the episode, but uh, I'm excited for it. We're having a birthday, and I was going to say birthday bash, a Halloween monster mash. Halloween <laughs> bash, monster, monster mash. Monster mash. Whatever. I like, that. I like it. I thought it was clever. Uh, next Wednesday. Clever reply. Clever reply, indeed. And, um, yeah, you guys are all invited. Just kidding. Only our close friends. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. But, yeah, like I said, the next episode of the show falls on November 1st on the eve of what was supposed to be Crown Jewel. As of this recording, I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be airing or where it's going to be taking place. It was supposed to emanate from Saudi Arabia next Friday. It's all up in the air right now. Saudi Arabia is an absolute shit show at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, the card does look solid on paper. Some Some matches I care more about than others. We'll talk all about that momentarily when we break down Raw and SmackDown from this past week. But before we get to any of that, Alexis, first mm-hmm. of all, I mean, obviously you were on the show two months ago, but quite a bit has changed. Uh, where oh, can the yeah. people find you? On the socials, on Insta, Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, AIM, MySpace, anything you would like to plug for the people before we get started here today? Um, I know I did say last time that the next time I go on, I'll tell them. Okay. So. And here we are. Yeah, here we are. So, I'll tell them. You can follow me on Instagram. Okay. It's just my full name. Full name. Alexis DiGiacomo. Take notes. Mm-hmm. That is A-L-E-X-I-S-D-I-G-I-A-C-O-M-O. Wow, okay. I know this like the back of my hand. Continue. Um, my Twitter is just Lex underscore... Last name to Jackma. Okay. Facebook, just my name. Same thing. Yep. That's not the only Instagram that you have. You have more. I saw you posted the other day. Don't lie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, d- I have an art Get Instagram. Yep. I have an art Instagram that I do graphic art on. So it's called Eight Bit Allure. So you, you can go. follow that if you follow want that to. Follow that as well. If you want to, if you so please. If you so please. Yes. She's being generous. Follow the damn thing. <laughs> Or you're never allowed to listen to another episode of the show, or follow me, or talk to me, or read an article, or whatever. You're not allowed to support me, which obviously is not the most um, outrageous offense, but it's at least still something. So go follow the girl on Instagram, and on all the socials, including the Twitter machine, and specifically Instagram as well. Does some great work, I'm telling you right now, on the IG. Um... But yeah, like I said, that brings us to Saturday. WWE's live event, Gracing Hartford. We did not know we were going for sure until about a week ago. Mm-hmm. It was really a last-minute decision. It was really the stars had to align for uh, had to align for us to go and to check it out. And yeah. as soon as I saw Ronda Rousey on the bill, I'm like, we got to oh go. God. You're queen. Oh, my God. What's so weird, though, is like, so I said two months ago that she's like an instant star. I instantly loved her. And now it's like amplified. You did say that here in the show two yeah. months ago. You did. Now I really, I really love her. I'm a huge fan of her now. Like I'm not a big fan of all the women or any of the women really. It's only like Charlotte Flair and then Ronda Rousey. It's just Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. Like I love her. I idolize her. 
So it's interesting. I mean, I think this episode will show your evolution mm-hmm. of fandom. Yeah. Ev- the evolution of your wrestling fandom from two, three months ago, which yeah. was still, you know, you were still invested, but not as much as you are now. Well, yeah. In I several think, respects. I think if it was up to me, I would probably, like, come come onto the show for the first time, like, now. Sure. Because, I don't know, I feel like recently I've just been more much into more into it. it yeah. I've been much more into it. Like, I've, like, oh, I need to watch it. And little secret um i started following the ww entrances on spotify so i can listen to them Perfect. and elias's entrance is my fave right now it's pretty awesome it is but you yeah, don't really yeah, get to hear yeah, it yeah no we heard it a little briefly for a few for a few seconds on raw this week yeah coming off a rare win for elias over apollo cruz which we'll talk about momentarily mm-hmm. um but yeah you are not wrong in doing that you are not wrong in doing that the entrance themes are excellent cfo money or cfos i believe are the artist behind a lot of those songs so check them out yeah as well. i've noticed that them the nxt songs are pretty bangers as well so check those out but uh yeah no your evolution as a wrestling fan specifically as a wwe fan is uh come a long way we'll t- we'll discuss that and i think that'll be evident as we go through the episode here today but like i said hartford house show on saturday your mm-hmm. first house show as a fan we went to smackdown two months ago yep which i was gonna have you here in the show to help me discuss and break down but it just didn't work out timing and scheduling wise um but yeah, Hartford, uh, you know, the house show, obviously definitely different than a television show. Then mm-hmm. going to an episode of Raw or going to an episode of SmackDown, yep. a lot less people, uh, nothing high stakes. I mean, there were a few championship matches, but even you were aware that the titles were probably not going to change hands. So at least you're a little more aware and not as oblivious as many other fans that would be going to a show like this. Yep. So overall, it was a fun experience that was enjoyable. I liked it. Yeah, I had fun. I, I loved it because... They really did not shy away from, like, bringing in all the superstars. They really did. They were just like, oh, this one's here, this one's here, this one's here. Come one, come all. And everyone just went to go see all of them. It was like they were not holding back. I really wasn't expecting that. No, the, the thing is, too, is that they don't usually do two live events on the same night. I mean, sometimes they'll run two house shows against each other with one crew and then another crew. And usually it's the Raw crew versus the SmackDown crew. Interesting. And the SmackDown crew, I think, is star-studded alone. I don't know why they really felt the need to bring over Raw guys, because this was really a SmackDown house show with a few Raw stars spliced in, including Ronda Rousey, My obviously. Queen. Some Raw women. Um, who else was there? Oh, obviously, Braun Strowman and Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been about it. I'll look at the results real quick, which will break down momentarily. But yeah, there weren't really many other stars from the Raw side. Yeah, other than that, it was largely SmackDown people, both men and women. So. I mean... I mean, very strange. Yeah. So, I don't know. You you would think it would be the other way around just because SmackDown is solid, I think, on its own. Raw right now, I think, is suffering when you look at the star power. I mean, obviously, I think Roman Reigns was indeed advertised based off what I told you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if if he did show up, he would be be one. So, it would be interesting. I mean, just because they had another live event that same night in Bangor, Maine, I believe. And they had the B-Team versus the Revival. They had an Elias concert. They had a few other things. Just a lot of stuff I would not care to see. I'd be pretty yeah. pissed if I went to a show like that and saw just a bunch of losers. <laughs> and then looking on social media, looking at the Hartford, Connecticut results, seeing the matches that we got, some of which are worthy of being on TV. Some of these matches did happen on TV, including yep. one on SmackDown this past Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that as well. But yeah, overall, an entertaining experience. SmackDown was better, but for obvious reasons, more is bound to happen on a TV show than it is at a house show. But yeah. for what it is, it was a good time, and anywhere that you are is always an amazing time. So, mm-hmm. 
anyway, they open the actual show with tag team action. We had Andrades and Alamos oh, teaming with the one and only Randy Orton. You know, I knew it was on the bill, but I was not expecting him to kick off the show. That was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, taking on the fan-favorite duo of the returning Rey Mysterio, which was his first house show in like four or five years. So a pretty significant wow. occurrence. Yeah. I didn't we know got that. to witness that. Yeah. First house show since 2014, I think, or something like that. Since I stopped watching. Essentially, or, yeah. Since I, yeah. You know. You know, you kind of faded in and out. You didn't Okay, stop no, watching. no, no. I stopped watching in like 2000. 17. Yeah. I, when I started watching, it was like 2013, 14. Exactly. Okay. Kind of went in and out. You know, you didn't stop watching Cold Turkey around that point. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So they had Rey Mysterio back for the first time in several years after his SmackDown 1000 return last Tuesday, mm-hmm. teaming with the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy. And that was quite the tandem. Um, people were super into those guys. A great decision, I thought, to kick off the show with. Yep. Just because those guys are very entertaining to watch. They're two uber fan favorites. The people love these two. Specifically Jeff Hardy. Rey Mysterio had a lot of people like behind him and whatnot. But Jeff Hardy is just a star. And I've said it to you before. He's very he lovable. Absolutely lovable. Great underdog. Very likable. Very good underdog. Very I good underdog. Him. And just very unique. Just much different than anyone else you'll see on the current active roster from either Raw or SmackDown. Yep, so I agree. I like this a lot. There were a lot of like, the only real combination that we've seen here on TV recently was Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. A few that dates back to the summer and they obviously just had a match on SmackDown this past week. Yep. But when you take that out of the equation, you had Rey Mysterio and Andrade Sinanimas. You had Jeff Hardy and Andrade Sinanimas. You had Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton, all these guys interacting with each other that don't really have history with each other aside from Mysterio and Orton. They kind of, cross paths like a decade ago but even that felt fresh again so i really enjoyed this match it felt like something i would want to see on smackdown at some point very entertaining Rey mysterio despite how short he is which you had stated several times how short that guy is <laughs> he's like five foot five something like that i Definitely wasn't well i wasn't expecting that. that until like he looked normal height until randy orton stood right next to him then i was like ah, oh, there's a problem here in his defense he is pretty tall that being randy orton yeah orton so- is pretty tall I would say he's above average height-wise. Well, I would assume you wouldn't say Rey Mysterio is pretty tall. Well, I mean, according to maybe maybe compared to other people, that being like someone like Hornswoggle or another midget or something like that, <laughs> like whatever. Um, or the Little Wrestlers, whatever the political correct term is. But um, still, I know, I thought he looked good here. He looked really, really good. He had a great showing, as did Jeff Hardy. In the end, they pulled out the victory. So what were your thoughts on this as the opener to the show? Um, I liked the star power. I'll use I'll use a GSM word. A lot of star, star power. power. Okay. Um, my one thing that I noticed, like I love I love the match, love everybody in the match. Jeff Hardy, uh, newly big fan of his. Randy Orton, I love how you know he's a he's a lovable asshole. But um, love to hate him. Yeah, absolutely. You can't make him good. You just can't do that. Hate to love him, love to hate him. I love to hate Randy Orton. But my one thing was like the one thing I noticed was. Every time the energy kind of dipped down, sure. Um, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio always tried to keep it back up, but it was mostly Jeff Jeff Hardy doing that. But sometimes it wasn't successful, so we were all just kind of like sitting there awkwardly, like mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was a little quiet sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was the only one that noticed that. It had nothing really to do with the match, but it was a little awkward at times. I didn't know if that was a house show thing, or it's more. What they basically had, it was a fun match, but what they had was 
your typical formulaic tag team match where you have one guy getting beat down for like several minutes. Mm -hmm. In this case, it being Rey Mysterio in the ring. They'll beat down on him. Orton will act like an asshole towards him, like pretend to get down on his level, just act like a complete jerk. And then when he tags in Jeff Hardy, when Rey Mysterio tags in Jeff Hardy, the crowd goes nuts. Because they're like, finally we get the fresh guy in here and then go crazy for Jeff Hardy's offense. So that's like the style they tend to work. And they did that a lot on this show. You kind of have to expect that with most house show matches. Mm-hmm. But I would say what you're saying, I would agree with. I thought they did a better job of keeping the energy up throughout this entire match yep. than they did other matches on this show. Absolutely. Jeff Hardy was really, really good at that. And um, I was going to say something, but I forget. So you can continue until well, I remember. And also, as the first match on the show, people were still like wide-eyed awake obviously mm-hmm. they were still super into everything they were seeing it wasn't like it was the end of the show three hours in we've seen everything i'm tired i want to go home kicked off the show hot with two guys that the crowd loves and from an in-ring standpoint i enjoyed it i remembered it i remember what i was gonna say go ahead um i also think like the main point of a house show is not really like you know like raw smackdown all the pay-per-views we watch not only for like star power storylines, but we also watch it like to watch the match because for sure matches are good, mm-hmm. or at least they should be. Sure, yeah. but um, like at a house show, I went because Ronda Rousey was gonna be there. Of course, like I honestly didn't care if Ronda Rousey just stood there for five minutes and I watched her and then she left. Mm-hmm. As long as she there, punching, doing something, yeah, you know, do whatever you want. So I feel like they kind of didn't do the matches as well as they could have just because they know people are going just to see these people, just to see them. We talked about it while we were there too, in that they do the same matches in the same show, essentially, almost every night of the week. Yep. Until they get to TV and they switch it up again. Yeah. So you can only do the same match so many times before mm-hmm. your body starts to break down. Exactly. And you get tired. Mm-hmm. So physically and mentally. So the fact that they were holding back a bit, which was pretty apparent, was not in a huge shocker by any means. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think by having them just take the easy route and just having, like relying more on simple stuff, like with the New Day bar match, which we'll talk about in a second, Mm -hmm. they relied more on twerking and slapping each other on the backside, for lack of a better term. Than actually wrestling. Yeah, thank you. I like this one. <laughs> this is not a PG show, so feel free to use any expletives if you wish. Um, that's why they do that type of stuff in house shows. Just yeah. because they also know too that it's a large, a large contingent of these fans at shows like this anyway are kids. A lot of kids at shows like this. Uh-huh. We had kids in front of us. We had kids to the side of us. We had, we had a kid back next us. to us. Who was trying to outdo your Ronda Rousey fan? Uh, yeah. Let me tell you, WrestleRant fans, I was not having it. Was ultimately unsuccessful as well. She, she, no, 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 no. She was not a bigger uh, Ronda Rousey fan. I can't find anyone that is right now. I mean, there probably is, but not anybody in Connecticut. Certainly not anybody in Hartford, Connecticut. No one was louder for Ronda Rousey than you were. Exactly. I, I think we can all voice. agree on that. I lost my voice. Ronda Rousey, I'm coming for you. Damn. We're going to be BFFs. We'll say, hey, WrestleMania access. WrestleMania Mile 23? Weekend. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's dead. Spoiler alert. She died. I could do a movie where I save her. 
Oh, God. Well, they never actually showed her dying. They just showed the explosion. So, Good well, point. In cinema. We'll talk about that later for in Halloween. In film, we will. In film, if you don't see someone die, then that you... Oh, I don't know. Russell Ram fans, stay, stay tuned. I'm, I'm quite the, um, you know, cinematic critic. Wow. So we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode when we break down Halloween. See, okay? guys, this is why I love him, because oh that's me, goodness. too. I'm blushing. You can't see it right now. <laughs> you can't Moving... see me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God he wasn't on the show. We might not be seeing him in Saudi Arabia, according to the reports. He might be taking the uh, night off from Crown Jewel, so uh, good We for can't him. see him, and we don't want him. I have no desire to see John Cena on <laughs> any show at the moment. Um, Oscar and Carmella taking in the Iconics. I honestly could not give two shits about this match. Yeah, I li- no, I literally like turned around from the match. I told you when we were watching You said it, you did not care. You I said I don't said. care. I don't know what's going on, nor do I care. The only one I would remotely care about maybe is Asuka because I... She's I like, got a presence about her. I, exactly. I like her aesthetic and the She's way she works with the, the crowd, kind of like Jeff yeah. Hardy, but... She's good. Eh. She's got the face paint. She's got the yeah. ring attire. She's a hard hitter. She hits hard. She's a hard hitting bitch. Um, but yeah, Carmella sucks. The Iconics are fine, but they're just, every time they talk, I just want to leave. They're awesome. I wanted to change the channel, but they weren't even, we, we exactly. were, we we were, were watching them live. Exactly. So we couldn't do that. So exactly. I was even more frustrated. But exactly. The audio on the mic was like stinging oh. my ears. That combined with the, the voices that they have, which they the can't voices control. are so annoying. <laughs> That's better than the Australian accent they have, which is genuine. Yours is not genuine. It's still a good accent. Yeah. I, mean, I gotta get. I gotta give you credit, but it was pretty bad. It was mm-hmm. pretty bad. It was. It was. It was uh, not phenomenal. Not phenomenal. The exact it was, opposite. It was marginal. I'll if, say that. <laughs> if I had to have a reaction, I would say hell no. Not too I would delete on. them. Oh my god! Okay, you're just doing the overload on the wrestling <laughs> chance just to win over people listening to the show. What? I no, approve. I'm trying to win you over. You, you already did that. You did that three, four months ago, dating back to June 3rd, 2018. So elsewhere on this show, Oscar and Carmella did pick up the victory. By the way, elsewhere mm-hmm. on this show, we had Braun Strowman come out after yeah. accepting the invitation mm-hmm. from Dolph Ziggler, who at that point was the Raw Tag Team Champion. Braun mm-hmm. Strowman, who had been a heel, a bad guy, in other words, yep. um, up to this point, came out to a monster babyface, aka a good guy reaction, uh-huh. and proceeded to squash Dolph Ziggler within a matter of minutes. So um, this really kind of set the stage for what we would see on Monday's Raw with Braun Strowman back to being a good guy after only two months of being a bad guy, which <sighs> is fine. He's much better in the babyface role, and I think people want to cheer him. Um, I'm not a big Braun Strowman as a heel fan. I thought turning him heel, turning him into a bad guy just to showcase Roman Reigns as the guy on Raw, I thought was a massive mistake. So I'm glad that, I mean, it, it took Roman Reigns to get cancer in order for them to go back to him being a babyface, which really sucks. It's really unfortunate it takes for something that bad to happen in order for them to do something they should have done in the first place. But sometimes they don't always listen to reason. But uh, now this was, you know, it was what it was. You're not a big Dolph Ziggler fan, are you? Um, no, but I have to disagree with you on Braun Strowman because I think he's, first of all, if he's a good guy, right? If if they're making him good now. Sure. Um, I, I just don't, I know they probably didn't plan it, but like, to me, when I, like, he just doesn't look like a good guy, doesn't act like a good guy. His theme is certainly not, you know, doesn't scream, um, good Cheer guy or anything. Him, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I also feel like him personally, he just sometimes doesn't know what to do with himself. And he just is like, I'm going to be default, like big man. Yeah. Scary. Generic. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Like, 
I don't know. I don't particularly think there's anything that good about him. The only thing that I did think was good about him and is what I was thinking about earlier and getting a little sad about was the Wyatt family because I do miss the Wyatt family. Oh, no. I do. I miss the Wyatt family like a lot. You're not the only one. A lot. I really do. You're not the only one. I know. I was just talking with someone about it earlier in class about, you know, they had very good characters, very unique entrance. Um, I love the bad guys, though, too. Like... I don't know. I don't like it when someone turns good. I want them to stay a bad guy. Cause it's, Depends on what it is. It's more interesting. It's weird because you. It, this is a business where... Okay, we love the bad guys. I love okay. the bad guys. Yep. Love the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Love, the, love to hate certain people. <clears throat> yep. And then it gets to a certain point where you love to hate them so much where you find yourself cheering for them and then the company has no choice but to turn them into a good guy. That's and then a, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, I, I, I will like cheering them but not because you're... you're I like cheering them, but not because you're telling me to cheer for them. Exactly, exactly. I I was talking with someone about that earlier. It's like, um, I think, no, I was talking with you about it yesterday. I'm like, I, I hope, like, I like Ronda Rousey just because she's a really good, talented, amazing person. And they're, not because they're, like, kind of making it look like she is. Like, I hope she really is that. And she is. She seems genuine. She seems genuine. Like, Braun Strowman just, they're kind of smashing it in your face like oh he's gonna be good now like cheer for him guys but i would much rather hate him and i would much rather have him be a part of the wyatt family again can we bring that back please wwe if you're listening well bray wyatt he's been persona non grata now for weeks i know not weeks months yeah exactly no what i think would be cool is if like one time braun Strowman gets frustrated and then one you just all of a sudden wyatt family appears and i cry I will cry, and I will sing that song because now I know the lyrics. Because thank you, Spotify. Hey, you know what? It's a great theme. First of all, it Second is a of all, great theme. Great entrance. They have reunited them now a few times. They've broken them up a few times. That's something that where you can keep going back to that well as many times as necessary. Yeah. Just because. It's like the shield. Exactly. Three out of the four of those guys are nowhere to be seen right now. Now, mm-hmm. in the to the company's credit, one of them is her. That being Eric Rowan, the SmackDown show that we went to is actually the final televised appearance of the Bludgeon Brothers when uh-huh. they dropped the tag team titles to the New Day in the main event of the show that we were at. Um, Luke Harper is still around. He just has not been used at all. Like Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt, exact same thing, because... Ugh. Surprise, surprise, his tag team partner got hurt. Luke Harper's tag team partner, Eric Rowan, got hurt. Bray Wyatt's tag team partner, that being Woke and Matt Hardy... Got hurt. So, do you think they would maybe try and team those people up, and then maybe they'll be like, "Oh, hey, Wyatt family." You mean who knows? Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, exactly. They could. I don't see why not. I mean, one's on SmackDown, one's on Raw, but that doesn't that really, doesn't change. That doesn't doesn't change. I mean, they can always explain that there was a trade or something. I mean, you yeah. know, Tamina. You know who Tamina is? No. You know who Big? Obviously, Big Show. Yes. I mean, before he re- recently returned, he was a Raw guy. Mm-hmm. He was a raw guy from the moment they brought back the brand split a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He just showed up on SmackDown for absolutely no reason. Okay. He's just randomly on SmackDown. Yep. No explanation. So if you can fucking do that with the big show, you can do that with Luke Harper. Or and, put Bray Wyatt and, on SmackDown. I don't you know what SmackDown's a better show. Honestly, I'd prefer that. But at the same time, they need star power right now. I think they would put it I I would want them to put put him on Raw. Well, especially at this point, too, with the S.H.I.E.L.D. being gone. Yep. They need another, like, bad group. Well, even though the S.H.I.E.L.D. was good. There's a lot they of were factions. bad, then they were good. They could they could still be good guys, too. I think they would work as good guys. Bray Wyatt as a good guy is something different. 
Because the whole cult leader thing is great. I agree. It's yeah. an amazing, unique character. Oh my god, I love it so much. Been there, done that, though. I know you have not been watching on and off for the past five years. The whole thing with... I'm heartbroken. He talks and he talks and he talks and he talks. Never wins when it matters most. The guy was the biggest loser before he teamed up with Matt Hardy this year. He was amazing. Don't get me wrong. I will give you a crash course in Bray Wyatt history. He arrived on the scene. With the Wyatt family. Went undefeated for months. Had a feud with Daniel Bryan. Beat Daniel Bryan. Him and the Wyatt family faced the Shield. A match I have to show you at some point. It's essential Ooh. essential WWE viewing. Wow. The Shield, the Wyatt family. <clears throat> One of the best matches of 2014. Amazing match. Wow. The Wyatt family reigns supreme. Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt riding high. Runs into the roadblock that is John Cena at WrestleMania oh, 30. Oh my god. Lost. Was never the same after that. Faced The Undertaker the next year. Lost. Why would they do that? Lost. The Why next would year, they put him with The Undertaker? The next year at WrestleMania, he didn't even wrestle. He did not even compete on the card at WrestleMania 32. Instead, he got interrupted by The Rock, who called him... You know that he calls himself the Eater of Worlds? Mm -hmm. The Rock called him the Eater of Hot Pockets. And it's funny, but at the same time, it's so dumb. Mm -hmm. And it ruins any mistake that character has. Yep. And then the next year, he walked into WrestleMania as WWE Champion... Lost it to Randy Orton. Bray Wyatt is the literal inverse of The Undertaker, where he is like 0-3 or 0-4 at WrestleMania. The guy's a glorified loser, which is why I'm glad that he's off TV right now, because I'm hoping he's brought back with more fanfare. Yep. And I think reuniting the Wyatt family would be better than nothing. Braun does, is doing his own thing right now. Um, with Drew McIntyre, he's facing Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. He doesn't really need the Wyatt family, mm -hmm. but it would be cool if they brought Braun in. I mean, Drew McIntyre still has Dolph Ziggler. Mm -hmm. Drew and Dolph versus Braun and Bray Wyatt? I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. You don't have to involve Luke Harper, but he's not doing anything anyway. I don't see why they can't bring him over to Raw yep. and reunite all three of them. And then mm -hmm. later, Eric Rowan, when he's uh, clear to compete again. So yeah. that's just one idea. And lest we forget, we also talked the last time you were here on the show uh -huh. about Dean Ambrose returning to Raw to aid Seth Rollins in his war against Drew and Dolph. And did that end up happening? Yes, it did. Shortly thereafter, Dean returned to Raw and reunited with Seth to take on uh, Dolph and Drew. So maybe we see something similar. I would have to assume that Bray Wyatt, he's not hurt. No. He's not sick. He's just making me sad by not being there. He's not. I don't know where the hell he is. I don't know if he's sitting or in catering or at home or mm -hmm. in the fifth dimension. I don't know where exactly he is. No. But hopefully he's brought back soon alongside Braun Strowman. Next match on the show, as we alluded to earlier, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the New Day in the Bar, a rematch from SmackDown 1000 the week before. Um, good match. They've had better matches from an in-ring standpoint. Like I said, it's a house show. Mm -hmm. You got to expect shenanigans. Yeah. So they had like the slap under the ass. They had. That was. So, just, it was just such an immature it, show. It is, but I mean, Not that's show, the new but day. Match. That's the new day in a nutshell. Yep. So it was what it was. In that's the end, the bar like walked away. Still the t SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Fun match. The crowd enjoyed it, but really nothing overly special about this. Definitely, um, the new day is definitely there and a thing for the kids. Easily. That's where they sell all their merchandise for the most part. I mean, the colors, the, the pancakes, fu fucking pancakes, the fucking, pancakes. fucking unicorns and trumpets. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. They're good. Love the New Day. I, no. New Day sucks. Wow. You were chanting that. I was a bit disappointed. I always do chant that. That little, uh, that little bitch next to us. Little she bitch was, next to us, she says. She was really mad. Wow. She really, wow. You cannot, uh, 
you can't just let her have her moment. You can't let her cheer for some of her favorites. Hey, you have to listen, every I time. know I sound like like a bad person, like a bitch, but I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Holy shit. <laughs> on that note, we move along to the next match on the show for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, the second women's match of the night. We had three women's matches on this show, which is pretty, usually the house show matches only have one. So congrats to them for getting three women's matches on the show. Um, this one being Becky Lynch and Charlotte, a lot like New Day and Bar. We've seen it a bunch of times before. <clears throat> Had the match at Hell in a Cell, Super Showdown, SmackDown. They're having another match on Sunday at Evolution. This was really nothing out of the ordinary. It was a good match, well-wrestled match, but nothing too, too exciting. Um, you did say, though, that Becky Lynch doesn't really have any star power. You kind of said it yourself. You want to elaborate on that? Um, you said that during the show. Yeah. Well, basically, okay, so... The way I look at it as all the superstars have that one thing, they have their shtick. You know, like Bray Wyatt, he had that whole, like, cult leader thing. And, you know, some people liked it, some didn't. Elias has his own, like, little guitar thing. And some people like that, some don't. Daniel Bryan has, like, the yes, yes. Like, they've, they've all got, like, their little things. Like, and um, Becky Lynch has, like, she's got the steampunk. And I know you said that she used to, like, do that a lot more. I I faintly remember that, but not really, but... She just, despite all that, despite whatever she's wearing or whatever her little shtick is, that's barely there. She doesn't really work with it. She doesn't work well with it. Or she doesn't, like, own it. She doesn't own it, is what I should say. Not anymore, I don't think. She just kind of... I don't know if she's a bad... I'm assuming she's a bad guy. She is. She's not supposed to be because people love her, but she is. She's weird. I don't like it. She shouldn't be a bad guy. She needs to have more of a distinct style, and she needs to own it. Well, she did it when she was a a good guy, when she was a face. Mm -hmm. She, um... She definitely had more of a unique style. As a as a bad guy, as a heel, she's still working it. Mm-hmm. She's still doing her thing. She's laying into Charlotte Flair on the microphone, all this other stuff. She's a rebel. She's a badass. She doesn't yeah. give a shit about what other people think. I like that. But she is a natural face, though. She's a natural, likable underdog. That's really what kind of brought her to the dance in the first place. But they kind of moved away from that so they can position Charlotte as the the good girl in all of this as the likable one, which and she's I, not. Yeah, exactly. I don't like it. Like when I don't, I don't know if she first, if she came on first recently, like she was first introduced to, um, this, Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte's been on now for like three years. Okay. So like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Because when I first watched, when she first came on, um, she was a bad guy. She was like, well, she was brought up. She was brought up as a face, and then she turned heel after okay, joining well, forces yeah. with her father, Ric Flair, and they were awful together in the best way possible. Like, mm-hmm. love to hate her. So yeah. annoying. Exactly. So that's when I really watched it. Was when she was like a bitch. Yeah. Everybody hated her. Quintessential bad guy. It's like to me, it's like um, like Becky Lynch being good is like Randy Orton being good, or not not being good. Uh, Becky Lynch being bad is like Randy Orton being good. It's just weird. Yeah, it is I weird. don't like it. Yeah, because she's supposed to be a good guy. Exactly. Like, you make Randy Orton a good guy. I don't know if he's ever been a good guy. Probably Multiple, has. He was before a couple months. Uh, he always, he has been for a long it's time. It's weird. I don't like it. That's he's, because. He's a good asshole. That's he's because really he was good. a good guy, though. It was different with Randy because they kind of relied largely on the kids to cheer for him. Because uh-huh. the Arcane oh, kind of gets a reaction every time. Uh-huh. But they kind of rest on their laurels sometimes with Randy Orton. But they, when they allow him to go out there and be himself, which is him being a dick. Then he's, he's really good as a jerk. Strikes like, a money, you know, just he's money. 
Prince he's, money. He's very. I just. I don't think they should change him. I feel like there's a couple of them there you shouldn't really touch. Randy Orton's one. The Miz. Don't make him a good guy. He's really good as a. As they a, have as a before dick. and it didn't work. That exactly. That's weird. I'm. I. I don't know about that. I don't want to see it. Yeah. You don't need to. No. And you shouldn't. And Becky's the same way. She's killing it right now as a bad guy, but she really should be a good guy just yeah. because that's where she... Even though it's probably more fun to be bad, but yeah, that's I'm sure she... she's enjoying it more, but she is a natural, um, likable character. She's mm-hmm. a natural protagonist, and I think they should turn her back into that role before long. And I'm hoping when we get the inevitable Charlotte-Ronda Rousey match, which is coming, I can promise you. Mm, I and can't it very, wait. Quite honestly, <gasps> could be the main event for WrestleMania 35. The main event, the women have never made event to WrestleMania. They could very well main event WrestleMania 35. I Honestly, hope they build it up enough that it'll be like. That. I think they, I think they will, and I think they, they should, and they will. Mm-hmm. I think it sells itself. Charlotte is the biggest name right now, woman-wise, in WWE. That's not named Ronda Rousey. So, <laughs> yep. You know, when you put those two women against each other and you keep them apart with one on Raw, one on SmackDown, you have them doing their own thing. Then it's the like kind of like two worlds coming together in a weird way. It'll be you a, like it. It'll be a big match. Mm-hmm. It'll be big, and Good I think point. you can headline the show. And um, I'm hoping what the, the, what I'm trying to get at here is not only do I hope that we get the match, mm-hmm. but I hope when we get to that point, Charlotte goes heel, and it's like she's a natural bitch. Because if we get the whole, like, oh, I respect you, I respect you, I love you, and all this other shit, then it's not going to work. No one's going to care. It's like the whole lovey-dovey bullshit, I don't like that. So, that's not until many months down the road. Um, Speaking of Ronda Rousey, we'll quickly go over. Rusev and Aiden English was over in, like, two minutes. Aiden English went out there, cut the same promo that he cut on Tuesday's SmackDown this week. Yeah, no, it was literally, like, and he sang the same song, all the same Everything was the same thing, and the same exact outcome, too, with Rusev going over in two minutes. I really... It was just there. It was really nothing to this. It at was all. a filler. It was a filler. Just it, it, I think it was the first match coming back from the break too. Um, so they brought people back in. If you missed it, you missed nothing. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax teaming up for the first time ever. Um, I mean, maybe they've teamed up on house shows before, but first time what, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. taking on the dynamic duo of Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, a very familiar foe for Ronda Rousey. As Alexa Bliss was the one that Ronda Rousey beat for the Raw Women's Championship yep. back at SummerSlam. Um, this wasn't really a match. It, w- it was less of a match and more of a spectacle. And anything really Ronda Rousey's involved in is a more of a spectacle. Because she's an attraction. Mm-hmm. Nia Jax, I really could not care less about. I love Alexa Bliss. I like Mickey James. This wasn't like an instant Matt classic. Like, oh my god, did you remember that one move? Like, it wasn't really like one moment I remember. Mm-hmm. It's just watching Ronda Rousey is just a spectacle. That's exactly what it is. So, for that alone, I enjoyed this. And I thought Ronda did very well. She's really taken to this like a duck to water, like I told you a few days ago. Exactly. She's that good. And she really shouldn't be. I know she came from a mixed martial arts background. That's not pro wrestling. It's the closest thing, it's the closest thing to pro wrestling that's not pro wrestling, but that's not pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. She has still exceeded far and beyond all the expectations that people set for her, dating back to when she first arrived on the scene back of the Rumble. And she's really making strides every single time I've seen her, including yep. in this outing. So I thought this was good. Your thoughts on it? Um, Other than just the awe of seeing Ronda Rousey live I, for the first time. Honestly, like, there's just... Which was cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, I was thinking earlier, like, there's not a lot of people to me that make me... that Feel larger than life. It They instantly... I'm instantly, like, attracted to them. Not, like, attracted, attracted like I am to you, obviously. Good God. <laughs> but no, I, no complaints. I'll say, like, um, drawn to. 
you know? Like, uh... Elicit a reaction out of you. Like, there's certain actors that every time I watch them, I just, I'm literally, like, jaw-dropped. I'm, I hypnotized, I can't really pay attention, but with, um, Ronda Rousey, as soon as, like I told you, as soon as I saw her, I was instantly drawn to her. Like, she just has, I don't know what it is, but she, she just has that. We talked about it last time. She has that. It's like, you can't, that's very rare. It's only, like, a couple of people, I feel like, that have come out of there that, you know, you gotta be lucky enough to have that, and she was, she was just born with the it. factor, yeah. She was born with it. It. Um, what, what was it? Mickey James... I don't really, I don't give two fucks about this Doesn't bitch. give her shit about her. First of all, the outfit, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> Russell Ramp viewers, listeners, whatever. Listeners. Um, listeners, okay. All audio, baby. For, former viewers, current listeners. Okay. See, I know. I Based know. off the YouTube history, she yeah, knows the. Yeah, uh, I do. She knows the uh, history of Russell Rant. I'm kind of evolved into a radio back. show. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like it. Um. Don't break your arm patting yourself in the back. You end up like uh, Alexa <laughs> like Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Um, I don't even know what I was going to say now. Talking about Mickey James, the attire. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I was, like, taking pot shots at them. You know this. You were. Like, uh, Dolph Ziggler, I called him tinfoil because of his pants. You did. Mickey James, you're way too old to be wearing tight denim, and you're way too old to be fighting. Just get out of the ring, okay? Wow. Honestly, leave the ring. How old is she? Like, 87? No, she's not. Might as well be. <laughs> Honestly, might as well be, but the way she was acting was very... Sometimes, I don't like the immature, like... Two, mean gen- girl two generations below us type behavior, like twerking or like stupid dancing, like Carmella and um, R Truth did. Like the dance break shit was so dumb. Yeah, I'm like, not a fan. I'm not a fan. It's like, I know they're appealing to the younger kids, but at the same time, like, why are we putting this in a match? Like, I came to watch people like beat the ass, shit out of like, each other. Yeah. And, I, and I came to see they're, my they're, queen. they're trying to appeal to different audiences, so I understand. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just weird the way they're ba- trying to balance it. I yeah. don't know. I feel like they could do better at it. They try to do a lot of... They try to serve a lot of different masters with this stuff. They try to appeal to everyone. You can't make everyone happy. You no. gotta do one thing and stick to it. Yep. They try to be very different things. They try to be sports entertainment, and they try to be pro wrestling, which is two very different things. One's more sports-oriented, then sports entertainment is like fucking the shit that you're talking about, so... Yep. I understand that completely. So hopefully we see less of that with Ronda. She is a more serious competitor, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing what she brings to the table on Sunday at Evolution, which we'll be talking about momentarily and giving our picks, preview, and predictions for the few matches on the card this Sunday towards the end of the episode. Yep. Uh, get to the main event, a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan again. The outcome was never once in doubt, but from an in-ring standpoint, easily the best bout on the entire show. These three guys work very well together. Gave us a sneak peek of AJ and Brian one-on-one, the match we are getting for the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel next Friday. If it is happening next Friday, unless they postpone it. Um, Nakamura was great here. He is the current United States Champion. You would never know, because the guy's never on the show. Yep. He never defends the championship. Um, but Nakamura is one of a kind. You mentioned yourself that he has that, you know, special presence about him. He's got him. that weird... He's a goofy... He, yeah. Which He's you wouldn't really expect from most, like, Japanese superstars. No. But the guy's got a very unique charisma about him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was uh, on full display here with him doing the yes chance and stuff. It was a fun match. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. AJ yeah. went over, obviously, and retained his championship uh, successfully. So, yeah. your thoughts on this match to close the show? Um, It was alright. I didn't... I, I just... I really, I really just, like... I liked watching it because, I, I don't know, I just like their personalities and their characters. They're really they're really cool to watch that dynamic 
um, in the ring. Shinsuke Nakamura is just so eccentric. I love it. She I is, love he is, it. He is, yeah. I love it. It's so, like, weird. Like I said to you, it's kind of like, I don't know if Matt Hardy's like this, like his character's like this, but it reminds me of that just by listening to his theme because I haven't really seen him enough. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. Hopefully we see more of Nakamura on SmackDown in the future, despite the fact uh, he's never really on the show, but he should be. But yeah, good match to close out in the show. Your overall thoughts on WWE in Hartford, and what do you ever go back to a house show in the future if the opportunity presented itself? I would absolutely go back, because um, when we were watching the main event, you know how like they, tur- they turned the lights down, kind they, of? They gave the big five feel. Yeah, and I was telling you, it reminded me of Glow. Like, that whole, it looked kind of like a vintage kind of feel. That whole, like, classic small sure. wrestling and i told you i wanted to go to kind of stuff like that so you know any opportunity i'll take i, I want to watch it. we'll see really i'm, I'm cool. hoping i'm aiming you to bring you to every different wrestling event there is not everything because i haven't even, i haven't even gone to everything but yep. we've been to a live smackdown which was fun smackdown is the better brand of the two though raw has the guys that you like mm-hmm. so i'm hoping to bring you to a raw at some point how show is different it's a different feel got to go to a raw at some point hopefully a pay-per-view at some point down the road <laughs> wrestlemania is right in our back here next year WrestleMania. Um, hopefully, at some point, we can go to an independent show. I can show you Northeast Wrestling. We can review one of those shows here on the show in the future, which is like in the high school gymnasiums. The pictures mm-hmm. that I've shown you, that's where I've met Matt Hardy. I've met Kurt Angle there, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio. Like the list goes on and on and on. Corey Graves, Jack Swagger, um, a lot of different people. So we'll go to one of those shows in the future. The dynamic and atmosphere is electric. And being in front of, like, the WWE, like, you walk in and you see the set, it's awe-inspiring. And sometimes, obviously, you don't get that with the smaller shows. But it's a much closer feel because there's a lot less people. So it's a lot easier for your voice to be heard Mm -hmm. in an arena like that. So we'll see that with a future indie show and maybe even Ring of Honor when we go at the end of uh, 2018 in Madison, not Madison Square Garden, um, the Manhattan Center in uh, New York City. So we'll see that back in December. Hopefully we can have you back on the show in December for that. But real quickly, you mentioned Glow. Um, yep. Your overall impressions of the show, we won't do a, like an episode-by-episode episode review here, but a lot like I did with my grandmother last year. Um, your thoughts on Glow and specifically Season 2. Was it better than Season 1? Um, season 2 and Season 1, I would say, were evenly just as good. Um, there was like just as much, like not twists and turns, but just as much kind of like drama. Um there is a bunch of weird characters. I don't know if the the romantic interest for Ruth was introduced in the second season. I think it was the end of the first season, but there was a lot of weird. I think people. it was second season. The cameraman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. it was second season. Yeah, they introduced him there. Um, I I don't know. I I really enjoyed the show overall, but um, they kind of in a, in a way they kind of made it a little bit of a joke. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but that's to me what it came across as like, and I know it's the eighties with like all they had like race, they had a lot of like racist stuff in there and some characters didn't really get a say in what they Yeah, like the um, welfare queen. Yeah, like welfare queen or like the, um, the Middle Eastern woman. I don't know what her character oh, was. Oh yeah, it was her like a terrorist ter- thing. It was a yeah. terrorist thing. She that was like a recurring it. theme throughout the show. In yeah, she one. wanted like the phoenix. Something different, yeah. She wanted to be the phoenix, but they wouldn't. I think they ended up giving that to her by the end of the uh, season. Or they, she ended up doing something different in the season finale, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember exactly what I don't remember exactly either, but. I like the dynamic. I like the fact that Ruth and, 
What's her name? The blonde chick, Leverty Bell. Uh-huh. I don't remember what her name yeah, was. Yeah, I don't know. I like the fact that by the end of season one, you think they would make up and be best friends again. But no. But they didn't. No. They were still like frenemies yep. going into season two, and they still are. They're still I, not on the yeah, same page. I like, I like that a lot. That. I like it's not that predictable. Because it's no. realistic, too. Yep. It's it's very realistic. Because if. Well, that did happen to me in real life last year. Okay. And fucking hate her guts. So, you know. There you go. There you go. You can get go. along with someone, but still hate them. Absolutely. Well, the women apparently are very good at that, so. Um, Everything's not as easily forgivable as they make it out to be in TV shows. Exactly. It's not like, you know... Kiss and make up, make up and just forget no, about it. No, it's not perfect, like, endings, like how America wants it to be sometimes. Sometimes it's like, you gotta be realistic here. That's why I think what makes this show so good is that it's not perfect. I think part yeah. of its perfection is that it's not perfect. Yeah. I, I do... I like all the, like... Like, the 80s has a lot of grit to it, so they show that grit in there. Yeah. And they get, they got, like, the racism. There's a lot of sexism in there from the director. Yeah. Um, and that's good. Like, they really... That's good. They did not hold back, which I also think that's what I like about it, because especially in this day and age, in this, like, um, time that we're in right now where everybody gets offended by, like, if I say the word, like, oh, fire truck, someone's offended somehow. Of but course. With this show... I'm actually offended you said that, but go ahead. Oh, well, I don't care. Tough shit. Wow, doesn't care. <laughs> I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with this show, they like they show they got like a really sexist director. They he was he he wasn't racist. He just he was very kind of ignorant about like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was very realistic and it was very gritty. And that's how the '80s was. There was a lot of drugs in there too. A lot of like swearing. It was it was very gritty and it. It, it showed that and I liked it. The only thing I wasn't like, I didn't like was um, how they kind of, I don't know. They made the wrestling kind of spoofy, but I maybe that's, that's the point. It's not actual wrestling. They're not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. It's not like what you would see in WWE. Or well, yeah, exactly. I wasn't expecting anything like that, but like they literally broke down halfway during the match to do a dance bit. Like, yeah, it's I like know. I didn't like Smackdown. that. Like, it's so stupid, but I don't, I'm not like offended of it about it no. as a wrestling fan because it's a Netflix show and they're not supposed to, they actually got real wrestlers to train these girls. Wow. Um, yeah. To, to help them come along for the show. That's cool. So yeah, they actually appeared on SmackDown about a year ago. They were on SmackDown backstage in like a backstage segment with Naomi or something. I think before the um, premiere of the second season, but yeah, That's no, cool. they're, they're cool. I mean, the show is very popular. It's won a bunch of awards. Mm-hmm. I also liked how too, they touched upon, and this must have been intentional, and if it wasn't, then that's also good, too. How in one of the episodes, they kind of touched upon the recent Me Too movement, too. Um, when one yep. of the mm-hmm. uh, agents or whatever almost wanted was, to have sex with Ruth in order to give her the contract. It was the, the leader, the owner of the, the channel, or, or the yeah. network. It was the network, the owner of the network. Yeah, the executive. Yep. And, yeah, it was very... Very sleazy, and it's they very realistic. They acknowledge that it happens, and they acknowledge that... You know, but it wasn't overt either. No, it was exactly. I, w- I was expecting something dramatic because I already knew. Honestly, what I also thought was cool is the way the actors like really worked with each other. And I felt that creepy vibe like through the screen just by seeing him and like the way she looked at him. It was weird. Like just by the way she blinks a certain way. You it can was tell well she's done, got yeah. a problem. It was very well done. Yeah. You can tell she's got a problem with him. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. Like Without saying anything. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I was at my old school, my t- my old acting teacher used to say like through the first like five seconds of looking at a scene, you should already know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that, that for me, that was the case. Just yeah. by looking at the first shot, I could tell yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah. 
her facial reaction stole the entire story. Yep. And that one scene. And throughout the season, I thought she was really good. Liberty Bell was really good. Love Well, Fair Queen, I told you. She was a former wrestler. I mean, she mm-hmm. still is, but she's now just mostly in acting. I gotta, I gotta show you her sometime. Her name is Awesome Kong slash Karma. But um, yeah, Glow, two thumbs up. Looking forward to the third season. I don't know if it's already filmed. I do know that season three is set, and it's probably going to premiere next June. Good. Because the last two shows premiered in June 2017 and June 2018, respectively. So might have to wait another eight months or so, but it's going to be worth the wait. Seasons one and two are great. So looking forward to that. Um, Real quick before moving to thoughts on... Evolution. We're gonna do quick predictions for that show on Sunday, and and then I know you're not overly anticipating. No. But I do want to get your picks and predictions for that pay per view on Sunday. Okay. And also your two cents on Halloween, which we saw last Thursday, as mm-hmm. I mentioned at the start of the show. Real quick, though, we would be remiss to not mention this on a wrestling related show. That being the Roman Reigns announcement from Monday's Raw, which took everyone by surprise. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people, as they mentioned on hashtag Ask Sam this past Wednesday that um, a lot of people watch wrestling it to be for it to be the ultimate escape from reality, like you do any TV show, not just wrestling, but you watch and sitcoms, it's why you do it too. Netflix, exactly, to escape from what you're experiencing or you know dealing with in your everyday life. Yep. And I think a lot of people deal with cancer. Everyone knows someone, everyone has to have known someone that was either diagnosed or had passed away from cancer. Uh, mm-hmm. A family friend, a family member, a friend themselves, whatever. Yep. And... Now that kind of bleeds through storyline now with WWE in that Roman Reigns, the now former Universal Champion, was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, it's actually a returning case. He had it mm-hmm. when he was 22. It was in remission for 11 years. Now it's back, and he is once again um, diagnosed with leukemia. I don't know what the timetable is for him to return. That's really hardly what matters right now. Yep. Just the fact that he has to get better is the important thing. But really, I've never seen in my 10 years and beyond of watching wrestling anything like this before where not just anyone on the roster, like it would be a pretty big deal if anyone just came down with cancer. But this is the fucking guy. This is the current incarnation of Hulk Hogan, John Cena, what have you, in the WWE. This is the guy that the WWE has been building around for years now, which it doesn't matter who it is. It could be Roman Reigns. It could be fucking Zack Ryder. (laughs) Someone who has cancer is a pretty big deal and it's a pretty Mm -hmm. awful situation absolutely heartbreaking as soon as you saw him come out there with the, the street clothes and he said hi my name is joe it's like okay this shit is real like this is not a storyline it's not some sort of angle they're doing this yep. is a real life thing um so roman reigns obviously no longer the universal champion the superstars their positive outpouring of support on social media and whatnot um has led to a lot of questions um in regards to what his future might hold obviously he's not retiring he indicated that in his speech, which is great. Roman Reigns will be back. Um, I think the whole thing, someone asked me earlier on hashtag AskGSM, which, like I said, is up on Wednesdays. Um, someone asked me, is the Roman Reigns experiment now over? Like, with WWE trying to force him down our throats as the guy? Mm-hmm. I think, if anything, it's now stronger than ever. Yep. And obviously, it's all organic, too. And as it should be. When the guy comes back, he's going to be the biggest hero in the world for having overcome cancer. So, that that's, that's a pretty big comeback story mm-hmm. and obviously again that's not really whether that just, he gets, ga- that just gave me chills you know wh- wh- whether he gets cheered or not is mm-hmm. not the fucking point about this it's the fact that he's alive and healthy is what's really the main concern here but still i mean something like this hits home for a lot of people and it's yeah. pretty crazy but 
Uh, what was your instant reaction to the news on Monday? Um, well, first of all, I was frustrated because my remote wasn't working. So I, I really heard the very tail end of it. Fucking Roku. It, it, <laughs> fuck Roku. Fuck Roku. Hashtag, hashtag fuck, fuck Roku. Listen, hashtag fuck Roku and hashtag fuck cancer. Yep. Agreed. Cancer's the biggest bad guy you will ever encounter in your life. But go ahead. Um, I would say what scared me the most was the fact that, and, and I talked with a couple of people during class, um, today about this was the fact that he is, he looks so healthy. He appears healthy. You know, he's a professional wrestler. You'd think he would be in tip top shape and he probably, he is visually. Um, and he probably, you know, just eats healthy and shit, but I mean, cancer does not stop at anybody. No, it scares no one. Exactly. And most of the time people just make excuses and think, oh, it won't happen to me. It'll happen to, you know, the person who smokes all the time or the person who works on cars every day or the person who like eats McDonald's every day or drinks soda like five times a day. But no, it it happened to a professional wrestler who is in tip top shape and has, doesn't he have a, a, like a wife and kid? Yep. Okay, so he's got a happy family, like, he's got, he's all set, and it happened to him, so that's, that's what terrifies me, and, um, sometimes, like, when you're watching it, you don't realize that, like, like, you do realize there's real elements in it like that, but you don't really, it doesn't really register until you see, you know, like, Seth Rollins breaking down crying, Mm -hmm. and, um, Roman Reigns crying as well and all their faces are getting red and people keep mentioning it. So it was, it was very, it was, it was devastating. I mean, I liked him for a long time, so it's really Not sad. like Roman Reigns. I'm not the biggest fan of how he's been handled. I like Roman Reigns. I don't, first of I, all, the guy. recently I don't really care for him be, just because they're kind of making him look like just your average, like good guy. That has nothing to do with him. It though. absolutely has nothing to do with him as a person in real life and his health. Um, so it's just But I do of, agree though. Yeah, I mean I don't like it when people aren't here. I feel like they should be here. Like like we said with Bray Wyatt. Like this is a yeah. motif. I yeah. miss Bray Wyatt and I will miss Roman Reigns. That's a big blow to the roster too, especially yep. coming off the absences of Kevin Owens, who's out for six months. Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn got hurt a few months ago. He's gonna be out till the rumble, at least until oh my which is in God. January. Wow. He got hurt for a while. I think he tore I don't know anything about injuries, but he tore something in his shoulder and the other shoulder. So he's all fucked up. Kevin Owens is out. He hurt both of his knees. So both those guys are out for a while. That makes the two of us. Now Roman Reigns is going to be out for the foreseeable future too with something completely different that doesn't exactly have a timetable. When you conquer cancer, you no, conquer it could, cancer. It could be like years. It could be a while. It could be he months, will be it back. could be years. He will be back, but it could be weeks, months, years, whatever. Yeah, we, we honestly do not know. Though I do want to say this, though. I forgot to tell you this. I actually got an email earlier this afternoon, on Wednesday, actually. This goes up on Thursday. Um, I got an email from someone after I had put up an article earlier today on Bleach Report, which counts down Roman Reigns' 10 best WWE matches, just in light of everything that's going on. He's not done, obviously. He's not retiring from WWE. Yep. He will be back. But I thought it would be only appropriate to count down his best matches. But someone emailed me in response to the article that I put out, and it was someone from the LLS, that being the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, asking me if they would want, for a future article at all, if they would like to offer insight on leukemia and stuff like that when it came to Roman Reigns. They said in the email, I wanted to reach out and introduce myself as I just started working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
and they wanted to connect with you on a story you wrote yesterday in Roman Reigns' announcement that he has leukemia, that his leukemia has returned, um, and all this other stuff, and asking if um, I could reach out, and if, uh, if I was working on any follow-up stories, if they wanted any insight or resources to kind of, like, health stuff, like to kind of back up examples of people who have leukemia, the timetable for coming back, and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. I mean, people, this is obviously, again, a really real thing that people deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, to kind of see that was, was pretty cool. That, That's you know, really cool. And uh, this has uh, affected a lot of people. I've gotten a lot of people asking me, like, oh, did you hear about Roman Reigns and all this other shit? Yep. I mean, again, it's a guy who has cancer, WWE superstar or not. So I wanted to mention that. But uh, maybe we have someone on the uh, from the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society here on a future episode of WrestleRant Radio to offer some insight in the Roman Reigns situation. Um, but yeah, very devastating, obviously shaking the core of Monday Night Raw. Shaking Raw to its very core this past week. They adjusted a lot of plans to make up for the fact that Roman Reigns will no longer be around. Yeah. First yep. and foremost, it's already been announced at Crown Jewel. No more three-way. Now it's simply Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. The winner of that match will walk away the new Universal Champion. It's got to be Brock. Or ra- rather, got to be Braun. Hopefully it's not Brock. The guy was champion for a year and a half and was never on the show. So if their idea of making up for Roman Reigns not being around is by putting the championship back on Brock, I'm fucking done. I mean, clearly I'll still watch, but like... Boring. I, I can't deal the with it. The match is boring. It's just boring anyways. Can we see something a little different? I well, mean, this this is different. I know the context. Well, they've done Brock but and Braun do- before multiple times. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping they move on. So that being said, um, I mean, obviously they kind of shifted Drew McIntyre in a more prominent role this past week. He attacked Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman is clearly being groomed to be another fan favorite again. So there's that. They moved Elias into a fan favorite role. Yeah. Which was already in... They were already going in that direction anyway. Yeah. Just because people love the guy. It's the same thing. You love to hate him. So I'm hoping this doesn't water down his character. At least it's something new. And he wasn't doing anything. So I'm honestly welcome to the... I'm open to it. I hope this is like a new opportunity for him. um, That they're now... That he's now turning face because... Well, he wasn't doing I, anything before. He so. wasn't doing anything. He was doing the same thing. And what's so weird to me, like like we talked about earlier, I heard his entrance music for the first time, like, this week. That's a little weird. We should probably be hearing it every week. Or maybe every two weeks, you know, every time he comes out. But... Yeah, the guy's more of a performer than a wrestler. So. Exactly. He does the same thing. He makes a spectacle. Which maybe is good, he'll wrestle. But... I've, I've only seen him wrestle a couple of times. Yeah. And you told me he's good, and I haven't really gotten a big chance to see it. So I would like, you know, more chances to see it. And I'm hoping to hear his entrance theme a few more times. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, the guy is, he's no Daniel Bryan in the ring. No. But he is competent enough to have a good enough match. I'll show you at the pay-per-view that I went to Money in the Bank. He had a great match with Seth Rollins over the Intercontinental Championship. Really, really good match. Came this close. I know you guys can't see it, but if you watch the match, you know what I'm talking about. Came very, very close. Be, um, just uh, just a hair away from becoming the new Intercontinental Champion. And he That's fell so short. That's cool. And then he went back to doing nothing because they gave the championship to fucking... So so Elias loses to Rollins, okay? Yep. Which is fine. Rollins was on the roll of his career. Mm. And then he loses the championship the next night to fucking Dolph Ziggler. Are it's you like, serious? Okay, you, if you were going to have him lose the championship to anyone, which he shouldn't have, why not put it on Elias? And that would have been different and cool. Yeah, it would have been cool to see him as Intercontinental Champion. I think it would have been, you know, a different... It would have helped Elias evolve, and yep. he really peaked at that point, and he has yet to get back to that point of his career. So I'm hoping him turning face will help, you know, help with that. 
and help get him back to Intercontinental Championship contention. I mean, right now, Seth Rollins has it, but maybe Elias goes back for it. It looks like Elias and Baron Corbin might be doing something. Baron Corbin, the cure for insomnia. But you know what? Hopefully, Elias will make that more exciting, so we'll see. Um, But he is a fresh face on the Raw roster, though. I just thought about what you said. And then (laughs) getting to the end of the episode, thank you. Getting to the end of the episode, you talk about a shakeup. We got new Raw Tag Team Champions that are no longer on the same page. Oh my god. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins <sighs> toppled Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. New Raw Tag Team Champions. Great moment. We all kind of saw it coming. Didn't take away from the moment. It was really cool to see new Raw Tag Team Champions in light of the Roman Reigns stuff. Great feel-good moment. Then Dean Ambrose drops the boom. Lays out Seth Rollins with the dirty deeds. Crowd is in awe. There's a big, like, not a, like, a pop. A pop is like, holy shit, like, when the Hardy Boys came back. That's yep. a pop. That's mm-hmm. what that's called. There was a pop when Dean Ambrose turned heel, but not in, like, oh, my God, I'm so excited, but, like, holy shit, what the fuck did we just say? Like, it was, like, like we were all, awe, exactly, we were all legit shocked. I was, I, honest, I, I have no words to explain that. Like, I was genuinely, because these two are like my favorites. I I I really have been big fans of Seth Rollins was my first favorite wrestler. Um and then it was Dean Ambrose, mostly because they were hot. But now I you know I like them, I like them. I like For different them. reasons. Exactly. In addition For, to those reasons. Exactly. But um so it's just like it's borderline devastating to watch that, even though you know that it's kind of like separated from real life and the and in the Of course, ring. of course. Um it's just it's devastating to watch. No matter no matter how much you deny the feelings of each other in real life, how they feel in real life to each other, um, because Seth Rollins looked devastated, he especially looked, after the events of what happened at the beginning of the evening. Exactly, like he's had a taking, pretty bad night. He's taking like the brunt of all of that. He's he's got his ass kicked by Dean Ambrose. And, and then the whole thing with Roman Reigns. Like, Physically, mentally, emotionally. The definitely guy is, emotionally. Yeah. And, and they just recently got back together a couple yeah. months ago. I mean, they can't, they, 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 that's not the company's fault. Because at this point, this is why I'm a fan of what they did on Monday. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think if Dean Ambrose turned on Seth any other night, people would have booed, but not as much as they did on Monday. Well, yeah, they did. It was, it was, um, unfortunately, it was good timing. And I say unfortunately because of what happened. The thing is with Roman is that you either, because Roman's not going to be around. Yep. You have to either go all the way full throttle with the Shield reunion by having all three around, or you don't have them around at all. Exactly. You can't, well, that's a very good point because you can't have two of them or else it's just kind of like. I mean, you could, but it's not the same. Well, that's why I say you can't. Exactly. You can, but you can't. Like, what's going on here? No, like, exactly. I feel like I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting hung to the wall by, like, just my one arm and one leg. It's like, I need the full thing. You need the full thing. You need it's... to die completely. You need to fully, like, die. Exactly. You know what I'm talking yep. about, so. And, um, well, I was watching a video on it, and this guy said, it was, getting it was, hung? no. <laughs> no. Um, it was on the Dean Ambrose and gotcha. Seth Rollins thing. And they said that previously... Uh, they've talked, WWE has talked about having Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins potentially like at WrestleMania against each other. So do you... I read that today, actually. Okay. So do you think that that's actually going to happen? So what happened was the shield initially reunited about a year ago. Uh huh. Dean Ambrose got her, which is why he came back a few months ago. Remember that? It was amazing. Yep. And it I was, was, I missed it. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, you missed it live. 
So he was, he was out for eight months because he got hurt. The Shield disbanded in the meantime because, again, you can't have two guys without the third one. Yep. I mean, Rollins and Reigns still teamed up, but they weren't the Shield. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think the plan at that point was to do Rollins and Ambrose one-on-one at WrestleMania. They were going to break up the Shield at some point after they reunited, but Ambrose got hurt, so thus preventing them from breaking them up. This time, I think it honestly would have been the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where the Shield... I read today the Shield was going to break up anyway in like a month or so. I don't know if I believe that per se. I think they would have waited a little longer. WrestleMania is not until April. Yeah. They wouldn't have waited that. They would not have waited that short. And we just talked about a few weeks ago. They would not be teasing the Dean Ambrose heel turn, which they were a few weeks ago. They wouldn't be teasing it as heavily as they were if they were going to do it. They would have just fucking done it. Done it. Like yeah. they did on Monday. They weren't teasing it, which is why it came as a shock. Exactly. They which were is why milking I thought it, was great. it. They were milking it with that whole like Dolph Ziggler. For thing. weeks. It was it was so annoying and it was so forced. It fe- it was painful to watch. But this Now they did it because it, it came out of nowhere. Exactly. Like it was I, I told you it it was like borderline real because it was such short notice that they were yeah. actually gonna do it. Like, especially for Seth Rollins, that emotion was probably it was very much real, I feel yeah, like. Because he I think didn't so have too. he didn't he did had no time to prepare for that. No. Maybe he didn't even know. We don't know that. We don't know. No. He hasn't come out and said it. I mean, I don't think he would. No, I mean obviously he knew about the attack coming, but like He knew about that well, yeah, he plans knew about change that, but... at the drop of a hat. That's what I'm saying. He like... definitely found out that day like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we found out in the moment, but he probably found out like right beforehand. So Probably. I mean, otherwise it would have gotten out that that was going to happen. Usually that's how the world works, is that spoilers are abound nowadays. That would have come out a lot earlier than it did. Yeah, I didn't. I honestly was like jaw dropped. I could not. I had no idea that was going to happen. We were even saying that. Why isn't Dean Ambrose crying? Maybe we know why. Because he's already planning on turning on Seth Rollins. That's, well, maybe. In storyline. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's the reason. I think his personality is just kind of cardboard sometimes. Yeah, it is. He's not exactly the most emotional person. But I'm just saying, you can can say that. Yeah, like Bobby Lashley. He's more, he has more personality than Bobby Lashley does. But uh, with Dean, though, I think he is, um, he's in his element as a bad guy. You'll soon see that. So I think he's a natural bad guy. Yep. He's very likable like Rollins, but you can't just, again, like Orton, you're resting on your laurels if your claim to fame as a good guy is that people like you. You need to have something about you that makes you likable. Rollins, like you've said before, is a much better bad guy, but he has qualities about him that make him so fucking just charismatic and likable. I agree. Like, I am like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. This guy's fucking cool. Dean Ambrose is like that too, but it's like, eh, he's pretty stale when he's not with the shield. Between Dean Ambrose not being a very um, outgoing and social personality type person and between his, first of all, his look and his music and the way he walks walks into the ring and the way he looks, like... Just his body language, it screams bad guy. That's why... He's a natural bad guy. He is a natural bad guy. It's devastating to watch because, like, I love Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins is probably, you know, his character's probably depressed right now. But, um... Which is why I'm looking forward to seeing Raw... Too raw to see. Exactly, I'm so excited, and that's definitely the reaction they wanted. That's the reaction reaction they they got. Exactly. They know what they're doing. Exactly. They do. Very few times has this happened where, like, a tag team will break up, and I'll be, like, legit heartbroken in the moment. In the moment. I told you this before. I showed you the other day. Um, when Seth Rollins originally turned on the shield, I was heartbroken. Yep. I didn't see that coming. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, this guy's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing about a year and a half ago with Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. They were a tag team for a while. Jericho. They were, like, these annoying-ass heels. They were amazing. They were so funny. But, like, two jackasses. 
Then out of nowhere, Chris Jericho throws a party for Kevin Owens. And he's like, he kind of breaks character for a moment. He goes, you know, dude, this has been the greatest run of my career. I've really enjoyed working with you. I consider you not only a best friend, but a brother. I love you, man. And he says, I love you. And then Kevin Owens is like, oh, yeah, that's cool and whatever. And you don't see this coming, by the way. You don't see this coming. They're all kind of like, Jericho's all like, he's all like over the top. And he's like giving Kevin Owens all these gifts. And they're all like stupid. He brings out all these like showgirls because they're in Vegas, all this other dumb shit. Then he gets real, says that he loves him. And then Kevin Owens gives Chris Jericho a gift. And he gives him a box. And Chris Jericho's like, look, it's a new list. And he holds up the list. And on the back of it, you know the list of Jericho. Yeah, of course. On the, on the back of the list, it says, the list of KO. But Chris Jericho doesn't see that. And he goes, wait, why is my name on this list? And then Kevin Owens just beats <gasps> the shit out of him. Oh, my it God. It was masterfully done. It was great. And it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, my God, Kevin Owens is a piece of shit. How could you do that? This guy's such a good guy, despite the fact he's annoying. How could you turn on your best friend like that? He just said he loved him. What the fuck? Like all this other stuff. So, again, they really captured the magic of that on Monday with the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose thing. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. We have a new Universal Champion about to be crowned. There's a lot of cool stuff going on right now with Raw, which is what I was not saying two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. So they got my attention. They got my attention. Good. SmackDown is, you know, there's really not much to say on the SmackDown front. Um, They're building towards the World Cup, which I cannot get two shits about. They've got talent on SmackDown in the World Cup, but there's just a lot of stuff on SmackDown right now. Like, this week was a very forgettable show compared to Raw. But it was fine. So we'll skip right over. SmackDown, uh, we are nearing the end. I think we've already passed the hour mark here on the show, so we'll go quickly. Uh, Through Evolution on Sunday, the first ever all-women's pay-per-view and event I'm not overly anticipating. It has nothing to do with the talent. It has all to do with the fact that just the matches themselves have not been properly built. They have not given me much incentive to care about at least the undercard. The top two matches, the SmackDown Women's Championship match, the Raw Women's Championship match, I think have potential. The other matches, not so much. Mm -hmm. It was announced on Monday's Raw that... or before Raw and was confirmed during the show, six-woman tag team match. Nothing on the line. I don't know why we should even really care, but it's the Riot Squad versus Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia for the upteenth time. Good God. Um, not like it really matters who wins here. No. If you have to take a pick, who wins? Who emerges victorious? Um, not the Riot Squad, I'll tell you that. Okay, I got so, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and So Natalia. I'll call them the leftovers. The leftovers, she says. <laughs> You're talking about Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia or the Riot Squad? Uh, I'm talking about Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia. Okay, so yep. I think they're winning two after Ruby Riot won on Raw. I think Booking 101 says that the good guys go over on Sunday. So we got that. They have mm-hmm. a historic, they're calling it a historic women's battle royal where the women will earn, the, the winner will earn a future championship opportunity at a title of their choosing. Uh, they have a lot of women announced for this thing. I'll go through the list real quick. It's the thing where, where they, they take the women that aren't involved in anything newsworthy, anything noteworthy on the show. And they throw them into one giant fucking match. Like, that to me feels lazy. That is so lazy. It's lazy. Like, you didn't see it on SmackDown this week, but they had a... They just had all the women come out and just brawl with each other. Really? There's no story there. No, Why should so, I care? I'm all about the storyline. There's no so established lazy. issues. It's taking all the women... I'm glad they're on the show. They're getting a paycheck. But it's like, get more matches that make sense. You oh. know? Mm. I don't know. They can do it for the men. They can do it for the women. Whatever. Real quick, the list of women can include that are going to be competing in the Battle Royal... Tamina, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce of the Iconics, Amber Moon, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Asuka, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Lana, Naomi, Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool. These are all returning talent, too. 
Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool, Alunder Blaze, Ivory, Kelly Kelly, Maria Canellis, Molly Holly, and Zelina Vega. So of that um, select few, not really select few, there's 21 women there, uh-huh. who do you think emerges victorious and uh, gets a future championship match? Not many of those women make sense. I mean, a lot of those women are just complete filler. Uh, yeah, Alicia Fox. Not a lot of them. They're, they're not winning. They're not winning. No. But like, no. If you had to take a guess... Of those women, does any one name stand out to you? I say Asuka. I was going to say Asuka and Ember Moon. Ember Moon would be a good choice, too. Yeah. She's been kind of like... I could... It's like a gut feeling. Like, I Asuka was my number one pick, um, just because, like... She's been floundering now for a while. Yep. But I think if Becky wins later on in the show, which we'll talk about in a second, I think if Becky wins, that could set up Becky and Asuka for a future match, which I think could be really, really good, and we've never seen that, that before. That would definitely be good. A nice clash of styles to get Charlotte out of the title picture momentarily, you know, for the time being. Please, so. for the love of God, do it, that. They, they, they got to move on from Becky and Charlotte. It's been a great feud, but they can't drag it down to the point where I don't want to see it anymore. they got to go out on top. So I'm hoping Asuka wins, but Ember Moon would be a good, solid second choice, too. Um, you don't know these women, but in the finals of the 2018 Mae Young Classic, the ongoing women's tournament, the finals are being held on Sunday. As of Wednesday's episode of May Young Classic, the finals have been set. Io Shirai and Tony Storm. I've got Io Shirai going over. I think Tony Storm is a great talent too. Uh, I'm pretty sure both women are already signed to the company, so there's really nothing on the line here. But I think Tony Storm will be a part of the NXT UK brand, and Io Shirai will probably go to NXT and go after the NXT Women's Championship. So I got her winning. Um, speaking of NXT, for the NXT Women's Championship, Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler which was the finals of last year's May Young Classic. Now it's for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I think Baszler is main roster bound at some point. I think her and Ronda Rousey could be pri- uh, primed for a program at some point in the near future. So I would keep the belt on Kyrie Sane. Um, back to the main roster matches, Trish Stratus and Lita taking on Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. I had read a rumor that Alexa Bliss, I didn't see anything when we were on the show, when mm-hmm. we were at the show on Saturday, that Bliss was injured in that tag team match. People were asking me, oh, did she break her nose? Did she get concussed? I have no clue. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary to me about the match. Um, Alexa Bliss did tap out fairly quickly to the arm bar, but I don't think that had anything to do with the fact that she was injured. I think if she was truly injured, then she wouldn't have wrestled the majority of the match, which yeah. she did. So I, I'm not sure what the extent of the injury might be. She wasn't on Raw this week, which was weird. But anyway, um, it's a tag team match, so if she really is hurt then they can have Mickey do most of the in-ring stuff that they need to. But I think of the two teams, I think Mickey and Alexa need to win. I like Trish and Lita. They're good. They're returning legends. But it's like they won't be here the next day. So yep. exactly, how does that... That speaks volumes of the current women, that they can't beat two women from the past. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. So that's why I think Alexa and Mickey should win. What say you? Um, That was an interesting way of saying that. Thank I, you. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean... I honestly just think most of them are, are relevant, except for Alexa Bliss. That's really my opinion. Um, I don't like any of them. I don't care for any of them. Well, they haven't really given you a reason to care. Trish Stratus and Lita are two WWE Hall of Famers, but beyond the fact that they're Hall care, of Famers, don't. you know nothing about them. I don't, exactly. They I just kind of came care. back and that was it. They just kind of... That's what I don't understand. I feel like there's a really recent theme of people coming back, and they just come back just for the sake of coming back and everyone to be like, oh my god, they're back, and then they don't do anything. Like, like okay, what else? Like, Big Show did this a, a while ago, uh, Batista, and then a bunch of other people, and then these bitches. Like, what's going on? I don't really I care. I love Batista, so I take exception. Well, I'm correct. not saying anything bad about Batista, but, like, but I will what say, are you okay, doing with them? Okay, I would say, in your argument... 
I would say D Generation X is a prime example. That yep, exactly. Exactly. These people are back. Yep. Why should I care? Why do I give and a Batista's shit? Batista's awesome, so don't shit on Batista. I love me some Batista. No, I'm not shitting on Batista. Okay, the guy got a you. great promo last week, but D Generation X could not get two shits about. Don't care. Don't care. Undertaker being back. <laughs> don't give a it's, shit. It's a big theme that they... I don't know if they do this regularly, but it's well, like, they, can they, you stop? Well, it's because they expect... They, they play to the nostalgia of old fans. They like, do. Oh, I remember The Undertaker from 20 years ago. Okay, but what is he doing now, though? What it's, is Shawn Michaels doing today? Exactly. It's it's nice to Have reminisce the old faces, in that. But yeah, it's nice know. to do that maybe like once a year, but if you do it every fucking week, I am sick of it. I'm sick of it, and I've only been watching it for a couple of months well, at this point. Focus on the I can't imagine today. how you feel about it. There's like, so many people they bring back constantly. They have no so business annoying. being back. It's like, ridiculous. Focus on the people that you have. Yeah. Like, you know? there's 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 underdogs here. That, that they're aren't not really even on TV. TV that you would never even know about. Hello, Bray Wyatt. Where are you? Exactly. I'm, back that's soon. that's what's pissing me Hashtag off. Hashtag bring back Bray Wyatt. We're bringing, we're bringing back these irrelevant-ass people that need to go in a retirement home, but we have Bray Wyatt just sitting around probably doing nothing. Doing nothing. He's busy, busy, busy doing nothing. Yeah. Busy, doing busy. nothing, that's not the life. life. It's not the life it for him. It shouldn't be the life for him. He's way better than that. Now yeah. we're getting into Christopher Robin references here. <laughs> uh, moving right along. You got Mickey and Alexa winning there? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm more excited for this match than anything else on the show. Last woman standing. I told you before. The woman, you, you have to keep your opponent down for a 10 count. So that's the, the, the stipulation. It can get hardcore. There's no disqualifications, no countouts. I like Anything that. Anything goes. Wow. It, it, they could take the fight all over the arena, which I like that because this feud is heated. They hate each other, two bitches. They fought at the uh, Performance Center this past week. They shot footage there. I love it. I'm loving this feud. Becky Lynch, Charlotte. I thing here is that I think I think Charlotte's gonna win. That's what I was thinking. I'm gonna say Charlotte, but I'm I'm torn because I think Becky makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Just because okay. I think long term. This company does not think long term. I think long term. <laughs> Charlotte wins on Sunday. Beyond an obvious rematch with Becky for the belt, who else is there waiting for Charlotte to face? Nobody. Carmella again? Who gives a shit? Lana, no one cares. The Iconics, oh God, no, I would hope not. <laughs> Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, I would hope not. Uh-huh. At least if Becky wins, you could do Becky and Asuka, like I said. Becky and Naomi would be a good match. There's yep. a few different women on like the face side that she could face. So I'm going to say Charlotte, but I really, 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 really hope Becky wins here. So there, there's, it's, there's Becky, Charlotte, and then everyone else, which is kind of a problem. But I do think there's more possibilities if Becky wins, but I'll say Charlotte. I I agree with that. I, I would agree with Charlotte, but I feel like they need to be a little bit more creative here and think of like, okay, this is our possibility. If we do, um, if we have Charlotte win, could we maybe have her turn bad and then her and Becky team up and then do, do something or could we do it? Blah, blah, blah. Or blah I mean, blah, she blah. will turn bad at some point. She will turn bad at some point, but they need, I feel like they should be a little bit more creative and make it a little different. It's kind of the same thing. There might, there could be like, oh, Charlotte wins, rematch, blah, blah, blah. And then it just keeps but going. But they're going to move on from going. this at some point. Yeah, exactly. No, they, they, they can't do that. I, I want them to do something interesting and different, and I'm going to hope for that, but I don't think it'll happen. No, they don't really bank on that. Usually they kind of stick with the same feuds for a while. Yep. And if they're interesting like this, that's fine, but you can't... I love this feud. I really do. I think Becky's I like work it. has been great. Charlotte's been very good. I think, though, you have to get to a point where you have to move on. when You have to leave people wanting more. Mm-hmm. You can't get to the point where like, oh, 
another Charlotte Becky match, like shoot me. Like, exactly. You you have to feed them a crumb. So I then was, they want to, you know. They I was at work. that point with the Shield versus Strowman Ziggler and McIntyre matches. It's like, especially at that point where there's nothing on the line. We saw that match like three times in a matter of two weeks. I know. I it's at like, this point, I'm God. like, wait, deja vu. I know. It's like Jesus Christ. So at least with this, they're keeping it fresh. They're not doing it every week. I'm liking it. We'll see. But I do have Charlotte winning there, as do you. Main event time: Raw Women's Championship. I think the outcome here is pretty pretty self-explanatory but i save it for last because i think it's going it's it's been the main advertising for the show it's absolutely going to be the main event which you know is fine i love ronda rousey she does deserve the main event slot i would have becky and charlotte going last because it's the better feud of the two but i think they're thinking more like name wise like name Nikki wise ronda rousey yeah. main event if they're not in the company then people know nikki bella if you're not a wrestling fan most people know nikki bella just from years past from their work on E Network with Total Divas, Total Bellas, people yep. know Nikki Bella, most and people, from her relationship with John Cena. Too. Yeah, most people know Ronda Rousey too. Oh yeah, Ronda Rousey is a way bigger name. That's not even a question. Absolutely. Thank I mean, you. yeah, I'm Yay. talking about Nikki Bella. I mean, I'm Ronda Rousey was already implied. They know her from UFC movies. People that we know that don't know nothing about wrestling. Did you know she was in Mile Twenty Two? The Mile Twenty Two. <laughs> people know her from a lot of different stuff, and not just WWE. So yeah. I think this is going on last, which is fine. I'm hoping the match is good. Nikki Bella has not had many memorable matches one-on-one and throughout the course of her career. And Ronda Rousey is still getting her feet wet in wrestling. Uh-huh. But um, I think it'll be good. I like the pot shots that have been taken at each other. The build-up has been very good. The Monday contract signing where she made the promise thing. I thought that was good. I thought everything about that was perfect. Yep. They're keeping it keeping it special with the Ronda Rousey promos and stuff like that by not having her talk too much, which I appreciate. But um, at the same time, I think that um, with Ronda Rousey, there's so much more, you know, so many more, so many more people that she can face beyond Evolution. She shouldn't lose so soon. She's gone undefeated. Remember that WrestleMania match you watched? Uh huh. She hasn't lost a match since. I mean, granted, she doesn't wrestle every week, but she hasn't lost a match since. There's I'm, no reason for her. To I'm lose. going to be livid if she loses because the wh- fucking Nikki Bella. Who, who fucking cares? cares? Who? Literally, who cares? No one cares. No one cares except for, like, Brie Bella. That's it. That's about it. She doesn't count. She'll be involved here. I hope she breaks, gets her arm broken by Ronda. Same thing with Nikki. She'll definitely, like, it'll be that whole classic thing where she tries to get involved, and then they, you know, team up against her, and then something happens. It's going to be, it's either going to be that, or it's going to be what I want it to be, where Ronda kicks uh, Nikki's ass, and I laugh my ass off the whole time. Yeah, well, I think it'll be competitive, because you can't have a two-minute squash in the main event of your pay-per-view i mean you could no it'll it'll be it'll be nice it'll be to watch it'll be entertaining to watch but um if i'm if i'm correct and if you're correct because I'm, I'm assuming you're gonna say that ronda's gonna kick her ass um it'll be it'll be one to watch i think so too i think so too it'll be interesting um ronda will win here i have no doubt about that the bella twins a lot like trish and lita will likely not be here the next day they are not full-time superstars they're no. only back to be back for the pay-per-view, and then they'll leave again. That's another That's another couple of bitches that are here for no reason. Here for a paycheck, here for the pay-per-view, and then time to leave. So I think Ronda wins, as she should. And um, yeah, that's Evolution on Sunday. We will not be watching live. Both Alexis and I are working on Sunday night. So blessing in disguise, because I have no interest in watching the show live. I will stay away from social media, avoid spoilers, likely watch it Monday before Raw that night. 
quickly before we close it out, we're going way over time here, but I have no <laughs> no complaints about that. We had a lot to talk about this week. No, it's fun. I like it. I very much enjoy it. Um, Halloween last Thursday, we went to go see it premiere it over the weekend. I think the second highest horror movie release ever, highest grossing October horror movie ever. And that's behind it. No, it was September. Um, I don't know what's number one. I really don't. Okay. I just heard it was the second highest grossing. I don't know what would be number one. But it's up there. It made a lot of money. I thought the movie was great, personally. I really enjoyed yeah. it without doing a full-on review, which we will do for a future podcast. I love this movie a lot. Um, you had not seen the original at the time that we saw this one. Mm-hmm. We saw it the next day. You watched it the next day with me. Um, but I, I, I still thought it was really, really good. And I thought the odes, the nods to the original movie were great. The overall feel of the film was awesome. I thought the way that it was shot was great with certain scenes. I thought the acting overall was really, really good. It didn't feel feminist-driven at all. With like, oh, the, the final three women, they're, it's all feminist. Like, fuck you. Like, that has nothing to do with it whatsoever. No. If that bothers you, go fuck yourself. Because clearly you're looking for reasons to complain. And clearly you've never seen the original where Jamie Lee Curtis survives. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do horror movies have the, the only one sole survivor, that being a woman. This one had three. Who fucking cares? It made sense. All three women had their little story. I should have said at the start of it that this would include spoilers. I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you. You probably should have gotten that gist from me mentioning the movie. But yeah, I liked it a lot. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, what were your two cents on the film? Um, I really loved the overall feel about it, especially with all the horror movies coming out recently. Um, it's like I've always said, it's very hard to do a horror a horror movie justice for most people. And this one was a huge success. And I, I was. I was very satisfied with it after I watched it because it was it had that vintage feel, but um, it didn't like it didn't make you feel like it was kind of shoving um, nostalgia down your throat. Like, yeah, exactly from, from the first movie. Like they were nodding to the first movie, and if you watch the first movie and then you watch the most recent one right after, then you're like, okay, this is like they're copying it. But you have to acknowledge the fact that there's been like about. Remakes, yeah, exactly. So it makes a lot of sense to, um, to nod to the first one in the way that they did, and I thought, I thought Jamie Lee Curtis also, I she's not obviously not a big name star, um, she she is she is like a household name, but she's not doing anything. She's not a huge actress right now. She's or, not in multiple movies. Yeah, exactly. She was really she, just brought back because of the original. She was brought back because of the original, but. She, you could tell, had a lot of passion in this film, and she really enjoyed it and really put a lot of work into it, and you could tell she did a lot of research with her character. She had a lot of fun doing it, and I think that's what made it that much more enjoyable. Totally. I think the overall involvement from her and everyone else in the cast was great. John Carpenter came back John Carpenter came back to take part in it and kind of give um, tips and to make the movie have it done right. I'm glad they brought back the franchise, and they're not just rebooting it for the sake of making money. Like, they did it to do the story, do justice to the original, which I thought they did. Mm-hmm. And they also left it open-ended with the with the ending there. Yeah. They could go in many different directions. They can bring back Michael. They can end it there. Clearly, based off the amount of money that it made, they're going to make more movies. Um, as, as far as, like, you saying, yeah, they were bringing back people that were working on the film um, and the way that it was shot... I, I really noticed during the film, especially when you pointed it out to me, which I really thought, I, I really appreciated. 
um, and thought was really cool was the fact that they had a lot of long, like not long shots as in like distance wise. They had a, no, l- a consistent lot of shots. Long, like as in timing wise. No it cuts. Was a lot of no cuts. It was like long panning and it was very, and you know, they do that on purpose. They have to do it on purpose. It was like, as far as like, okay, what's going to happen? Well, everything's intentional. I feel like I'm walking. I feel like I am Michael Myers at this point. And then it makes me uncomfortable. Like the, Cause you know, it's coming, but they don't. The way the director did it to me, I felt like I was the murderer and I felt like guilty watching it. I felt, I felt like I've, I was witnessing something in real life and I felt really guilty watching it. I really, I, that's one thing that I really like is the way a director makes the watcher or audience member feel while they're enjoying their film because Mm. you can manipulate them however you want to. And then you can even make them hate or love the film by the end. So it's really absolutely, up to them. absolutely. So I think this uh, this movie was really left up to interpretation by a lot of people, and I think they really captured that vibe perfectly. They really knew what they were doing with this, and they did right by it. They didn't do it, and they didn't fuck it up. I thought the story was great. It was simple. Horror movies can be really poorly done. I had a feeling that it would be a lot like it, or they would reboot it and it do right lo- by it. It looked it looked like it was going to be very good. You can usually tell by the trailer or before you watch the film by the trailers that go before it. Because usually if it's like good films And they didn't give too much away either, but yeah. Exactly. They did they, they kinda they did what um they should be doing with like, you know, the Becky Lynch and Charlotte feud is they they're kinda feeding you little crumbs and yeah. you're kinda like, okay, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Using a lot of the same shots, using shots that are in the film too. Yeah. Um and really giving us reverse psychology and we're just kinda like, okay, now I wanna watch it. Just by not seeing it. Yeah. I want like to watch it. the teeth scene in the bathroom when he Ugh. dropped the teeth, but you didn't see where it came from. Exactly. You saw the guy's face like, holy shit, we didn't see that in the trailer. Yeah. You know? Yep. They give you, they're not deceiving you, but they do, they give you little bits and pieces and let you fill it like in the blanks. Like, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how it happened. Yeah. And I did mention this to you a couple of times in the beginning of the film, there is a scene with a bus crash and then it's all the people from the asylum that escape and- Michael Myers is obviously one of them. And this like father and son in a pickup truck, they come across it and it's in the very beginning of the film. And honestly, that was the scariest part to me. Not the murders, not, you know, the jump scares. It was, even though, you know, I did seem that way. Cause I do get easily scared. You do. The whole film was scary, but overall the scariest part to me was that crash because that's, that could really happen. Mm-hmm. Like I know the rest could happen and anybody can walk in your, to your house if you know you forget to lock it or something like that but that bus crash looked really really creepy and just the way the director filmed it had you know the uh i don't know just just the coloring on the film and um everything else it looked it was very scary to me and they probably weren't even trying to make it look that scary they just wanted to get the point across that michael myers is gone now it was terrifying they did it without even trying yeah absolutely some things were intentional, but other things were like just done by design, or like where it just kind of just happened. It was all organic. Was another thing I enjoyed about it. So. Yeah, I didn't like feel that. forced at all. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel forced, and I liked that. So, check out Halloween. Like I said, this is the final October edition of Wrestle Rant Radio before Halloween next Wednesday. So it's only appropriate to talk about it now. Check out Halloween in theaters. Watch the original, especially if you've not seen the first one. Do so before seeing the new one. It'll enhance your enjoyment of this film even more. 
So, that being said, a lot to break down here in today's show. We went over an hour and a half, the longest episode in recent memory. I gotta tell you that much. Wow. Um, yeah, I've not gone this long in a while, with a guest or otherwise, on my own or with anyone else. So, broke down the live event, talked all about Raw, the Roman Reigns situation, um, Evolution, Glow, even some Halloween talk. So, before we uh, sign off here, Alexis, any parting words for the WrestleRant audio audience? Um, well... I don't know. This is out of the two I've done. This is definitely by far my favorite. Because, really? Yes. Wow. Because now Same I feel a like lot. you've done a lot of shows. Oh yeah. You're a seasoned vet by this point. Totally. You still I'm, got, I'm like, a, a alum. An alum even. An alumna. <laughs> an alumna. That's called going full circle. We talked about that at the start of the show. Um, I think it's I think it's like cool to watch or listen rather um to. How I've been kind of, I don't know, from my point of, from my perspective to go from not really, I, I was kind of nervous for the first time sure. when, I, when I came on because I didn't know what I was talking about. So it's kind of like intimidating to come on to something like this and um, have a full on conversation for like an hour, two hours um, about wrestling, something that I didn't really know much about. But now it's like, and now I, gen- I told you this last week, I genuinely really enjoy it. And mm-hmm. it's not even just because you enjoy it. That's part of it. I do enjoy it because you enjoy it, but I genuinely do really, really like wrestling, and I can't wait to see where everything goes from here, from I'm where we are right now. It. I absolutely agree. It's never-ending. It's the book that does not have a definitive conclusion. It just keeps on going and going and going, and the cool thing is that the more you watch is that you can always kind of trace certain things back to when you first started watching. Yeah. And and watching old stuff too, which I have done with you and we will continue to do, you'll kind of like piece in like, oh, that makes sense now and that kind of makes this mean more because I know about this and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. So It's a very unique concept, first of all, WWE. So I'm I'm glad of some most of the things that they're doing with it. Um, they could obviously do better, but Always over, do better. overall, it's very unique and I, yeah. I, I like it. And they have different, um, definitely, they have different um, products, too. So if you're not enjoying Raw, you can watch SmackDown. That's not your cup of tea. They have NXT. There's other wrestling shows. You watched Lucha Underground before. There's other companies. We're going to Ring of Honor in a few months. Their final battle pay-per-view, which you're going to fucking love. Trust me. It's so awesome. It's fucking amazing. I had a fun time. The last time I was at Ring of Honor was the day before I met you. So it's going to be a blast being back in NYC for ROH final battle in a few short months. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's not till December. This is October 25th, 2018. Once again, Alexis, before we sign off, where can the people find you on the socials? Alexis to Jack Mo on Instagram. That's glorious. What? I was going to have you spell it, but yes. Same oh, A L E X I S D I G I A C O M O. On Instagram, um, I have an. A bit of lore art account that Graham really will Love kill, it. kill you if you I'll don't. I'll push you. I'll push you into following it so I will kill you in the spirit of Halloween. Michael Myers style if you don't follow the account. At 8 Allure with the number 8bit, A-L-L-U-R-E. Great account. Just posted some new, some new fan art from Marilyn Monroe Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever it was. It was awesome. Check it out. But um, yeah, that's it. That's a wrap on Russell Rant Radio for this week, Alexis. Thank you once again for joining me here on the show. It's been an absolute blast. Like I said last time, clearly not the last time you will be joining me to break down the world of wrestling here on the show. Um, as for me, people can find me on the socials at WrestleRant, Facebook.com, 
uh, facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews. YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham The website, all my written reviews of Raw, SmackDown, Main Event, NXT, 205 Live, NXT UK, Evolution this Sunday, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, everything else your little heart desires, all on nextairwrestling.net, including full episodes of WrestleRant Radio. But you can also check it out on iTunes. It's now easier than ever to check out full episodes of the show. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show. Review the show. Subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you get every archived episode dating back to October of 2013. So with all that being said, guys, enjoy Halloween, my personal favorite holiday of the year next Wednesday. I'm going to be doing a special Halloween edition of Hashtag AskGSM next Wednesday, so that's going to be the last as well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Evolution on Sunday. For Alexis Giacomo, I'm Graham Romina. We will catch your ass down the road. Oh, and real quick, Alexis, before we go off the air, I completely forgot here before you reminded me off air. What are our Halloween costumes for this year going to be? Well, let me tell you. Um, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation because my Halloween costume is the amazing, phenomenal, glorious Ronda Rousey. And yours is... Uh, the asshole of Raw, Dean Ambrose. The Lunatic Fringe. Yep. Intercontinental Champion. It's going to be uh, quite the couple costume this Wednesday at the first ever annual Alexis Giacomo Halloween Bash Monster Mash. It's going to be awesome. Catch you guys next week.